0: Set the book. I didn't see this as a threat, so he screamed at me into I planet. I don't want to play alone, but when I cry, I hear a groan. I see a figure behind the wall. I'm so afraid it's going to fall. Mom. Find you. You're going to die in there. Don't say I didn't warn you. Don't say I didn't warn you.
1: What's going on, guys? My name is El De Niro, and welcome to the Halloween
2: special of the Midnight Hour. This is episode 96. I uh, hope you guys are looking forward to it. If I could just say so myself, this is one of my favorite episodes that I've ever recorded. Um, I felt like really, really good about it afterwards. I've listened back to little clips of it here and there, and I don't know, there's something about it that makes it slightly different to every other episode. Um, for one, I had another person in the room with me while I was recording, um, who, like, so it was like. Two people in one room and then a Skype call somewhere else. Like, that's kind of a weird dynamic to, to navigate around if you've never done it before. Um, but anyway, the guests on this episode are my friend Steve, who's been on the podcast twice before, and Santiago from the brilliant Weird With You podcast. He has been on the Midnight Hour uh, a few times. Um, he's helped me out with some bonus episodes and stuff like that too. Um, he's actually on one of my most popular movie review videos as well, which is the one for Nerve. Um, he has a a really sort of interesting way of looking at the world, I think, and, um, I really do enjoy listening to the Weird With You podcast where himself and Justine, um, just point out the weirdness in everything, and I really, really like it, um, I think you guys should check it out, particularly, like, given that there's not a Midnight Hour episode every week anymore, um, I think weird with you definitely goes somewhere towards filling that void. Like if you give them a follow on uh, SoundCloud or you know Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, any whatever your podcast app is, um, they have a new episode every single Wednesday, and as far as I can tell, they have been uh, completely consistent. I don't think that they've ever missed a week since they've started, and their podcast is a little bit over a year old, and um, it's it's fantastic. Like it's really really good. So anyway. Check that episode out, or sorry, check that podcast out, Um, you know, saddle up, get ready for this episode, it's a damn interesting one. Um, Our plan was to go into this talking about scary stories, uh, which is something of a staple on the Midnight Hour, it's a thing that we always come back to, it's kind of, the creepy intros and things like that are part of what makes the Midnight Hour special, I think. Um, But this took like a different turn, Uh, myself and Steve were having a few beers, and we were like... um, oh we could just talk about like you know personal stuff that's happened to us that's scary um and it took the conversation just took an otherworldly direction and um I it's so interesting like I, I there's a story that Santiago tells in this episode and it's one of the most interesting things I've ever heard uh, on the podcast so I hope you guys feel the same way after you listen to it um Anyway, with that out of the way, uh, links for the guests will be provided in the description, their Twitters and and everything else. So go and check those out. And um, without further ado, let's get into the episode.
0: Don't say I didn't warn you. No power in the
3: verse can stop me.
2: I'm joined today by Santiago from the Weird With You podcast and my friend Steve. Uh And we're going to talk about some scary stories. If you want to introduce yourselves, Santiago, go first.
1: So, yeah. Yeah well i mean introduce myself i feel like you just introduced me i did but also yeah
2: there's there's usually like a hello and i really rudely cut you off um right so if you want to do your hello
1: hello Yay. I'm Santiago from the Weird with You podcast. You can find us at uh, at weird underscore with you on uh, Twitter, and we're on all the different podcasting services as well. Um, and elle has been on our show. I've been on his show a few times. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about scary stories, so uh, we were talking about maybe doing some personal stories, and one of the things, one of the first things that came to mind to me uh was when I was really young, I actually had uh, Night Terrors. Um and it was uh not great because I also had asthma. Oh dear <laughs> and it's like they would all trigger each other and then I would almost die every night. It was it was a fun time. Oh
2: my God. Um, <laughs> that sounds absolutely it was, horrendous.
1: It was horrible well it is a horror story, right? Yeah. Um no but one of the things about um Night Terror is, is that they're often paired with uh, sleep paralysis? I was just and, about to mention
3: uh, sleep paralysis. Yeah, sorry. Continue. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the
1: <laughs> that was one of the, the scariest experiences ever. I I feel like I have probably some suppressed memories about this whole thing, um, but the bits that I do remember are uh, I remember seeing things in my room uh, with me at night. Um, so one of the things that I guess accompanies like, uh, sleep paralysis and, and night terrors when they, when they come together is that for whatever reason, there are certain archetypal kind of figures that appear, um, and they're represented, uh, I guess, throughout history in, uh, you know, there, there's, in Christianity, they have demons sitting on, uh, people's chests while they sleep and, um, all sorts of other kind of weird imagery there's a lot of things sitting on people's chests actually uh, uh, or things in the corner of the room or uh, dark shadows with like a vaguely human form standing at the end of the bed. Yep. Um, and the, the great thing about sleep paralysis is that it's paralysis like you can't move um, so that you're is truly what makes you're, it you're, great yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, you're terrified and you can't really do anything about it, which makes you even more scared. Uh, and so I remember um, seeing an old woman dressed wow. in black uh, multiple times uh, in my room. And I know that it wasn't real now, but at the time it was, uh, I guess, enough. And I, and I was really, really little as well. Um, so we had that. I don't remember anybody sitting on my chest Uh, I know that's like a really common one. Uh, I do remember not being able to breathe. Um, My parents would tell me that I'd wake up uh, screaming, uh, or I'd scream in my sleep every night, um, like I was terrified of something. Uh, I hated going to bed, basically, because of that, so I would stay up as late as I could, which probably didn't help, uh, to kind of avoid sleeping. Uh, um, And I I didn't get a lot of sleep either, uh, because I'd I'd be up so late, and then I'd get up really early, because I'm a kid, so um but yeah it was it was seeing stuff in your room at night when you're little is never great i don't i don't think i would say that that was like a great experience
2: i i've had that recently and i think i might actually just jump in and tell one of my stories now because i wasn't i wasn't even thinking about it until you started talking about sleep paralysis but i Mm suffer from sleep paralysis only in the last couple of years it's something I've never had before um I spoke about it the first time I ever had it I actually spoke about it on this podcast and recently I had one that sounded very similar to yours um I I'm starting a new job I've, by the time you're listening to this I've already started it but um I, I feel like the stress or the nervousness in dealing with Mm. that has in some way contributed to my sleep paralysis, but some guy, uh, posted a video on the midnight hour subreddit. And it was like scary ghost, uh, scene in this video. And it was him in like the basement of, of a house. Some guy mm-hmm. um, and he had like night vision on the camera, you know you know like they do with all those most haunted shows where it's and they use one of those right. those magnetic what are those magnetic impulse things that they pick up magnetic impulses and and they say that that's how ghosts communicate through magnetics or whatever um so he was talking to the ghost and, and the video was uh, like I, I don't the quality looked fairly standard I mean it was high quality in terms of it would be something you'd see on most haunted. But in terms of it being real or anything like that, it was pretty indecipherable, to be honest. There was lots of shadows everywhere and, and, and uh, shadowy figures and stuff, as you would expect. Um, so, anyway, I went to sleep that night. I thought nothing of the video. I actually made some snarky comment to the guy. And in my dream... Uh, or whatever it was. I was basically awake. You, you know how it is with sleep paralysis. You're awake. I couldn't move. Mm. And I saw all the shadows on the wall. And I was trying to, I was trying to tell somebody that the shadows were going to start turning into something else. And this was really weird. And my room's not normally like that. And I was like, oh, watch out. The shadows are going to change now. I wasn't actually talking because you can't talk. Um, but I said, oh, God, look out. It's the witch. And then there was a witch sitting on my chest like... Holding me to the bed. I think I screamed. Um, I woke up almost straight after. And I feel like it was a scream because you, anyone listening can tell now. This room is quite echoey. Uh, like there's a very noticeable mm-hmm. reverb in the room. And the way that I heard the scream was very much like me saying, mm, like how someone would try and make noise while they've got sleep paralysis. So um, that's what happened to me. And you say it was scary as a kid. That shit was scary as an adult. Can you remember?
1: What... <laughs> yeah, of course.
3: Can you remember what the witch looked like?
2: Uh, she looked like a stereotypical witch. Like what?
3: Long 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 nose. nose,
2: big black hat. Even her skin was like very burned
3: and grey. Was she really scrawny? Um. Yeah, she was pretty scrawny. Yeah. You know, it's weird about sleep paralysis. I've never experienced it myself, but um, there's many documentaries out there on it, and one of my good friends mm-hmm. uh, actually suffers from it all the time, and even now, uh, like as far back. So when he was about five years old and he's, you know, in his late twenties now, but, um, he describes this woman sitting on his chest. That sounds a bit weird, but, um, um, no, and then he has sleep paralysis and then he goes to sleep and then, no, um, yeah. That's what
1: we call wet sleep paralysis.
3: (laughs) Oh dear. But, um, no, he, he suffers from sleep paralysis and every night it's the same thing and it's the same Figure, Uh, He didn't call it a witch. Mm. He said like an old woman, scary, frail, fragile woman with terrifying features. Mm. Um, But I've watched a documentary on uh, sleep paralysis and there's people all around the world who experience it. And the one thing that is unexplainable and really, really creepy is that it's the same for the most part it's the same figure or the same let's say which what you said you know it's mm. the same mm-hmm. person or thing that appears to all these people all over the world could be somebody in mexico you know who doesn't even speak english or you know different languages barriers it doesn't matter it's the same thing which is just bizarre Do you and know weird. what's
2: even freakier than that right is that um Paranoid people who suffer from paranoid schizophrenia who have auditory hallucinations and stuff in the western world in english speaking countries, so Australia as well, where they consume Western media like you know American horror shows and stuff like that, they all report very similar hallucinations they're scary they're demonesque, they make like really weird noises, but in Africa and predominantly christian countries i know people don't associate christianity with africa but actually africa is a is a very christian continent for like a a large portion of it um people who suffer from paranoid schizophrenia in africa they actually see good hallucinations and they they actually feel like they give them like positive fulfillment and that they're like visions from god and stuff like that and um it's really weird that that is true, but that the sleep paralysis thing is not. It's always the same figure. So, like, that that's, like, you can break that down to be like, oh, yeah, well, we're really influenced by the culture that we have, but with sleep paralysis, no. Nah, it's,
3: right. it's literally a, a demon <laughs> haunting you and there's nothing you can do about that. It is bizarre, you know? It's just one of those things. Yeah.
1: Um... Oh, and we don't, we don't understand a lot about sleep or how sleep actually works. There's a lot of uh, competing theories, uh, but... It, it's still something that's relatively unknown. Uh, you know psychologists have been studying it for a long time, and they still haven't really cracked the mysteries of you know dreaming and um, why we see certain things, why some figures seem to be archetypal across different cultures and with different influences. Uh, so I mean, like is it something deep in our genetic memory uh, being triggered? Is it something we don't know? yeah uh and that's probably what makes it the scariest it's like the fear of the unknown it's something that can't even be properly medically explained uh to a satisfactory point of like okay i know why this is happening precisely um the other thing that used to happen to me was uh i would have when i had uh intense fevers i was a very sickly child oh man i know about (laughs) oh dear they're terrible when you're a kid So I would have these really intense uh, fevers that were well above anything that anybody should have to experience. And I would hallucinate while I was on them um, because that's just how intense they were. Uh, And I remember two two scenarios uh, stand out, actually. There was once where I was home alone with my brother and I I was downstairs um, uh, in in the living room. And I needed to go upstairs to get something. And the light was on upstairs. And I, I went up the stairs. And I got to the landing. And I turned to take the, the... There's kind of a landing. And then there was two more steps to the left. And I, I went up those two steps. And I looked. And there was a, a jaguar. Um, what? Just a car? standing <laughs> in the hallway. So, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> the animal yeah. I wish <laughs> it's just like the street jaguar <laughs> um and I drove it into the night no, really and, good. Good. and the rest is history yes.
3: never look back no sorry okay so a terrifying Not jaguar here. animal
1: yeah it was full size just standing there uh staring me down uh so of course I screamed and I ran downstairs and I had to force my brother to go upstairs and, and, and look for this jaguar that obviously wasn't there uh um, and he couldn't find it. It was like a leopard, or, I think it was a leopard, actually. Oh, it doesn't really? matter.
2: <laughs> That's even scarier, somehow.
1: Yeah.
3: I just can't get the image of a giant, Gen- <laughs> <laughs> an actual car <laughs> upstairs for some reason. Like a real positive experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, you open it up, ah, oh, cool! <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow, <laughs> I have got oh, this yeah. awesome car. It's I don't an need... XJ8, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, no, but, uh... That is wait. So what happened? You went upstairs. There was a jaguar in the hall, and mm. what did you do?
1: And I, I screamed. I went downstairs. I, I forced my brother to go up and look, and he couldn't find anything. Obviously, because it was a hallucination. <laughs> um, but I was terrified to go upstairs. Uh, for the longest time, I remember going up the stairs like really carefully and checking to see if there was, uh, if there, if there was a leopard at the top of the stairs it's it sounds ridiculous but i was really scared of going upstairs for a long time after that
2: wow yeah i can definitely relate to that i one of my one of my first memories that i have and this is how i know it's probably bullshit cuz like your memory is terrible it's not a reliable thing at all but um i my first ever encounter with thunder and lightning i must have been I, I think i might have even told this story before but i think i was 3 years old because of stuff. I just know that I must have been that age. And I was uh, playing with my toys in my room. And I had bunk beds at the time. And I climbed up to the... No, I wouldn't have had bunk beds while I was three years so. There's a lot of holes in this. Anyway, I was terrified. <laughs> I think I might have crawled onto the top part of my cot to close the window. Because I noticed it was raining outside. And I uh, was greeted by a flash of lightning. Which obviously Mm -hmm. just scared the bejesus out of me. Um, Like, uh, a lot of people were raised on cartoons and nice Disney movies and stuff. Like, I was raised on action movies. So, like, a huge strike of lightning to me is pretty much the sign that aliens or the Terminator or... Something's going down. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I leapt from the top of the stairs. And (laughs) I think I hurt myself in the process. And that, that stopped me going upstairs, closing windows going to bed anything like that for a long time that was a a pretty traumatic experience too and that wasn't and i I had plenty of fevers as a kid and i know how much um i I think i've developed some kind of phobia from having a fever that i i can't quite explain not even a phobia but some kind of cognitive reaction to open spaces um Mm. because of when i had a fever, I was looking at like the wall. I think I might have explained this on the podcast before, but I always do such a bad job of explaining how it actually went down. But I was really sick, had a really bad fever. And I was looking at the wall and I was also watching the movie The Never Ending Story. And um I kept flicking between that and the wall because I don't think I could even move my eyes over far enough to look at the T V. And the childlike Empress from the Never Ending Story started appearing on the wall. But she started getting, like, really close and then really far away and really close and really far away. And ever since then, I can't zoom in really far on video games or I get, like, I feel dizzy and nauseous. Like, it's, it's mm. really weird. And all of that happened from a time that I had a fever and I started, wow. like, hallucinating, basically. So, like, like, you know, we're, we're telling, like, stories that are scary and stuff. But honestly, the scariest things that happen to me nowadays are things that my brain is actively doing to me. Like I get migraines and I forget where I live. Like I have to I had a migraine in work one day and I had to look up my address on the fucking portal. I I didn't I got someone in work to do it for me so that I could tell the taxi driver where I live. Like stuff like that is fucking terrifying and the fact that your mind can turn against you at any time, like that's way more scary than ghosts and stuff, but obviously ghosts are scary too (laughs) and totally real. So (laughs) Um...
3: Yeah, right. That is is interesting, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of terrifying things out there. Um, But uh, in terms of, like, ghost stories, have you ever actually seen a ghost or have you ever had an experience yourself?
2: I'll tell you one experience that I had, and everyone listening, especially you, Steve, you know that I am the hardline skeptic of the, like... I, like if you ever come to me with any story about anything i'm like nah, that's bullshit until i see it written down basically yeah
3: 100 like, yeah. you can say
2: it i'm the worst but um i when i was like 14 years old i lived in a place in swords not river valley we moved for a year and um this new house uh we didn't have a padlock on the back door so the door would blow open, uh, like pretty much every day, until I got uh, two cinder blocks and put them up against the door, so they wouldn't blow open. Because we have uh, we had a dog and didn't want him to escape. And one night it was really windy, and I had the two cinder blocks were up against the door, and also the wheelie bins were up against the door behind the cinder block. So this, all of these things were wedging this door open. This is a wooden door, a standard wooden door that you get in the side of most houses. And um, my mum was working late. And I had downloaded uh, The Exorcist theme music and I was listening to it and it was, I was like, this is the fucking greatest song ever. Like, this music is so damn good. Someone needs to rap over this. I was an idiot. Um, But anyway, (laughs) after that. Wait,
3: wait, wait. Did you know that it was the theme tune to The Exorcist when when you were saying that?
2: I downloaded it off LimeWire. Oh wow. It's like this music is so damn cool. I was not a scared teenager. Like I, I was, I, I'm pretty ballsy because I was always like a mad hardline skeptic. But <laughs> what happened after this changed that. Um, so I was listening to that. The electricity went, um, because there was a lightning storm. All my stories have to do with lightning. But yeah, mm. there was a lightning storm and the power cut. Um, I couldn't listen to the Exorcist music anymore. And I heard a bin falling over outside and I went out because I was like, ah, fuck, the bins are after blown over. Hopefully there's no um, rubbish all over the lawn or whatever. And uh, I went outside and the side door had blown open. Like, the wind had blown... A, a wooden door, a really thin wooden door, right? It, it, like, the, this, the wind blowing the door over with the two wheelie bins against it, I, I could buy. But two two concrete blocks like the size of a games console stacked on top of each other holding this door shut and the wind blew them over and two wheelie bins
3: that doesn't make sense
2: it makes no sense like it it, i the the way i rationalize this in my head is that it literally must have not happened like something else must have happened (laughs) i don't know like maybe someone tried to genuinely break in or something but like I remember what I saw because I remember being absolutely like terrified. And I always remember those moments because I'm so used to rationalizing everything. I'm so used to not being afraid. And I was absolutely fucking terrified. I went up to my room. I locked the door to my room. I had my dog in my room with me. Locked the door. Put like a basket of clothes in front of it. like Dragged the chest of <laughs> drawers over. I lay in my bed watching The Godfather on a portable DVD player. Uh, which had about a 35-minute battery life. And um, my, mom was, my mom was working really late, so she didn't get back till about half ten. And when, by the time she came back, the power was on. And uh, I don't think I even told her what happened. I think I was actually too afraid to ever talk about it because I used to have this really weird relationship with the devil when I was a kid where I was terrified <laughs> of the devil and I thought that everything bad that happened to me was because of the devil. So... That's the benefits of growing up in a Catholic country, but was just what it's like. So um, I, I don't think I told her because I think in my head I was like, oh, well, the devil wouldn't want me to explain this story or something like that. Uh, and if I do tell her, then maybe he'll come for me again. Or, or I don't know. But that fucking terrified me. That was the scariest, pretty much the scariest thing that's ever happened to me, without a doubt. Wow. Do you have anything scarier than that?
3: Um, I've had a few moments. Um, but a nothing, few run-ins with ghosts. Yeah, I've had a few. One of my best friends is a ghost. <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I've had a few like uh, experiences, but nothing really, really terrifying. Um, when I was a kid, I was in my nana's house, and my nana is very, very. She's a devout Christian, and like, there's all these. Like, um, you know, like the Virgin Mary and all these like relics and crosses on the wall and stuff. But then she's also, this is creepy in itself. She's also a Satanist. (laughs) No, she collects dolls. Oh, Jesus. So upstairs. Oh,
1: that's no good.
3: Yeah, so upstairs in the hallway, there's a sideboard. Like, you walk up the stairs, and then basically you're just greeted by about. 60 dolls. Oh my god. No. Yeah. It's like, and they're those porcelain dolls that are like, mm. you know, the eyes follow you around the room. It's really, really creepy. Yeah. So, that in itself, anytime I walked up the stairs, I'd just keep my head down and I'd refuse to look towards the dolls because they were really creepy. And um, I just ran, and uh, the toilet was upstairs. How, so old, how old were you? I was about, I think I was about eight. Oh, right. And uh, it was actually, it was Christmas and all my cousins and I were downstairs. We all gather in the front room, and you know, and uh, stayed there for the night telling stories and playing music or whatnot. But um, I just like jumped up and went out because I was going to the toilet. And uh, I went upstairs and there was nobody upstairs, like 100%. It's quite a long walk to get upstairs. And it was dark and I kind of just ran past the dolls and then like turned into the toilet. And this toilet was a long, narrow corridor. Um, so it's about three meters, maybe three and a half meters in length. So, um, but really, really narrow. And the toilet is at the very end of it. And I locked the door, like turned the key and put the lock across and then turned around and kept walking. And when I got to the toilet, all I heard was, chick, chick, whoosh, whoosh, I turned around and the door swung open, and I froze and went as pale as a ghost, and I could feel like beads of sweat dripping down my forehead. Um, it's you know it was it was crazy, and then I was like I walked, I froze for a second, it felt like an hour, but I walked, then like really cautiously and kind of freaked out up to the door, and then looked for a second I was like oh maybe it's my uncle and I thought I'd look into his room and I looked into his room and there was no one in there Uh. and I didn't hear anybody coming up or down the stairs and it couldn't have been the wind there was no wind and I definitely locked the door and even if I didn't lock the door how did it swing open like it, it was it just freaked me out so I just remember sprinting downstairs and back into the room and walking in and uh, I think it was my mom or my dad just goes, w- w- what's wrong with you? You look like you've seen a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so like, so. it's nice. like something like, you know, obviously, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, I've never been able to explain it. I'm a complete skeptic, but I think that one event for me has just kind of like made me have this fascination with ghosts. But I, but I don't know, but I'm a total skeptic. Yeah, uh, if
2: you think about the setting of that event it's not just a weird thing that happened to you it's a fucking house filled with dolls
3: yeah <laughs> I mean I love my nana she's amazing but that doll collection is freaky mm. um, <laughs> there's there's actually um, one of my good friends uh, randomly we we're having one of those nights you know just hanging out and then all of a sudden it gets dark and it's late and somebody mentions ghost stories and um nobody really had any and this guy right his name is dan and uh he's actually canadian as well like yourself uh, santiago but uh, just like me just like you bro <laughs> you guys are basically related have you heard of dan mm-hmm. yeah you must know
1: <laughs> oh yeah we go curling every weekend eh?
3: <laughs> eh? Ooh, eh? um yeah no anyway uh, Dan he's a total skeptic and he doesn't believe in ghosts and he was the last person I'd expect to turn around and tell a story like this but anyway he just goes ah yeah I have a story ooh eh <laughs> 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 now um he basically when he was younger his parents um worked in kind of like this there, there were artists like painters and they were working in this gallery and it was like a makeshift gallery and there was loads of different painters in there and they were all working on their own art pieces. Like some of them were sculptures, some of them were, you know, paintings, art displays, little Mm -hmm. things, anything, you know? And um, they kind of, uh, like the parents were working tirelessly on their little project and they had one corner and then there was another artist, this kind of middle-aged guy in another corner just across from them and because um they had a deadline i think the next day this was the last day before the actual art ex- expedition and um, his parents brought him along and his brother and his sister and like they were there all day like it was kind of just tw- you know most of the day as his parents finished off this thing mm-hmm. and dan and his brother and sister got talking to this guy and he was the guy next to them and he was an artist and he was just saying, oh yeah, do, do you like art or whatever, just making small talk and you know, saying that, oh yeah, I'm nearly finished. And uh, I remember Dan telling me exactly what the art piece he was working on was. I think it was like a load of televisions. like It mm-hmm. was a, just loads of old televisions all stacked up together and all of them showing different things. But I don't know. But it was something like that. He said it was pretty cool.
2: Sounds like my old bedroom.
3: Really? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It's kind of well. That's better than a load of porcelain dolls. That's true, yeah. But um, yeah. So uh, anyway, Dan's parents finished up, and they were the only person left in the uh, gallery. Was this middle-aged man? You know, the other guy. And as they were leaving, they said, "Hey, are you coming or?" Are you gonna stay on? He goes. No, I think I'm gonna work through the night and really finish this so it's perfectly ready for the ex, ex- expedition. Exhibition. Exhibition. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So it's ready for the exhibition tomorrow. No uh, expo... expo. Exposition. Exposition. No, it's not exposition.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, an expo. It's
3: a- exhibition.
2: Yeah, I thought it was exhibition too, but ex. It's called an expo.
3: They wouldn't. No, an expo. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're getting hung up on little things that don't matter? Yeah, I think I should finish my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, okay, they all went home, the family, and this man uh, stayed there overnight to finish his project. And then, in the morning, they were driving back to the art gallery and uh, on the way they met a cop and the policeman pulled him over and said hey how's it going Um oh, what did he say he said something like H- have you were you using the area last night or anything like that and they were like yeah 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 and uh, I think I'm missing a really vital part of the story <laughs> <laughs> hold on hold on right what happened yeah okay um, basically, the guy, the other artist, yeah. had committed suicide. Oh. He drove yeah. into the river. But. Oh no, what was it? Oh, yeah, on the way the following morning. Sorry, this was it. On the way the following morning to the gallery, they. They met him uh, somewhere? Like he was. Oh. Yeah, no, they met him somewhere before
2: after it was supposed to have happened. Yeah, yeah, no.
3: But then what makes it even weirder is they were talking to him the night before. But yes, apparently he had committed suicide. He drove into the river or jumped off the bridge or something like that, like three hours before they were talking to him.
2: Uh, it,
3: it, it's something along those lines. And then... Mm. But the whole family were there and uh, they gave uh, a statement to the policeman and uh, the policeman was kind of like, what what the hell is going on here, but there actually is an official statement about the whole thing, and even to this day, Dan, his parents, his family, will swear that they were talking to this guy who would apparently commit suicide three hours before they were talking to him, or something like that.
2: Oh, that's fucked
3: up. He uh, apparently, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I, I told that very badly. My memory failed me. Very. <laughs> yeah,
2: at the crucial yeah,
3: but um, <laughs> but it's weird. It's like, This guy, Dan, is such a skeptic, and he's even a skeptic after something like that happening to him, which is kind of undeniable, Mm. you know. And his parents, him, his brother, and his sister, will all say the same thing to this day. they were like, no, we were definitely talking to that guy. But, I don't know. It's a weird one. Yeah, that's messed up.
1: That reminds me of... um... I actually shared this with uh, another podcast. It was a secret transmission podcast. But uh, my mom, um, she, my parents are from South America. And uh, at some point, uh, as a young adult with uh, two children, my mom found out that she had a, a really nasty, a deathly allergy to ants. Um, and she found out cause she was bit by one and she ended up in the hospital wow. yeah. and she had this really, uh, very near death experience, uh, in the hospital, um, where the doctors thought she wasn't going to make it, uh, because her reaction, uh, had been so bad to this bite and she, the only, this isn't the kind of, uh, story that I'm about to tell that, uh, I would normally be inclined to, believe uh, but the thing is that my mom isn't the type of person to make this sort of shit up mm. uh, yeah. that's just not who she is and so I'm in this really weird position where it, it it's going to sound kind of unbelievable but at the same time I know my mom to be a person who uh, is uh, although somewhat spiritual not uh, she, she's skeptical also and yeah. She she's the kind of person who needs a lot of convincing for something to, to actually feel possible to her yeah. so she had this near death experience and uh, she remembers seeing a, uh, a bright white light uh, and she remembers speaking to, I think she said it was her grandfather who had passed um, and him basically telling her that she wasn't ready to go uh, and that she had to stay and so She recovers in the hospital, but ever since that day, she's had all sorts of weird vibes about stuff. Uh, She's seen things that nobody else sees, Um, and she points all all of this points back to the to this one experience where she almost died. Um, Or at least that's the way that she rationalizes it. So one of one of the things, uh, was we were once on uh we have a family business and, uh, my parents had to commute, um, over an hour to, to get to where the office was. And on the way, uh, in the middle of the, the highway between where the highways merge, there's these kind of just islands of, uh, green space. Um, and my mom saw a white horse once, uh, in one of those green spaces, but nobody else saw it, and she swears that it was there. So it was just little things like that, or she would see something, or, or hear something, or or just get a bad vibe about something and not want to do something. Um, but before before I was born, um, they had just, I believe they had just moved to the house where I grew up in, and uh, she had this cousin in South America who she was really close with. And uh, it was the middle of the night and uh, they had all gone to bed and she suddenly woke up. She heard the doorbell. So she walked downstairs and she opened the door uh, and it was actually her cousin. Um, And so she was really surprised because she she didn't know he was coming. And so she was like, "Whoa, my God, why are you here? Um, And started talking to him and he stopped her and said, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I can't stay. I just came to say goodbye. What? She thought that was she thought that was really weird. Um and then he they said bye to each other and he left and she went back upstairs and she went back to sleep. Um uh, they were woken up by a phone call the next morning. Apparently, uh, her cousin, the, the man who had visited her that night, um was on a beach in Uruguay, uh where my family's from the the previous evening and saw someone drowning uh, in the, in the ocean and he jumped in to save them and he managed to get them to shore, but he had a heart attack and he died. What? Uh, what? And my mom knew this before she got the phone call. Uh, and so she's convinced that uh, his spirit or what was left of him or some sort of force or something uh visited her to say goodbye before it moved on uh and like i said this is the kind of thing that i wouldn't normally believe but coming from her it's it carries a sort of different weight for me um so yeah that's uh that's the story
2: (laughs) dude i literally fucking the hairs on my arms have risen that is fucking insane
3: that's freaky yeah
1: and it's funny because it's not like a scary story it was uh, it was a very like beautiful kind of moment of you know like saying goodbye but because of the context it's kind of like what the hell yeah Uh, I
2: guess it evokes another plane of existence and that's just I don't know anything that anything that kind of brings the supernatural or not the supernatural, but you know what I mean something else into the mm. realm of existence that we're so like comfortable the, with, the
1: extra normal,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, the extra normal where it's still real, but you know, a little bit weird and
3: whoa, that's insane. Well, I mean, it's really, really freaky, but at the same time, it is quite touching oh it's lovely yeah Yeah. Yeah.
2: like I think that's why I have such a like I actually had (laughs) I actually had a real reaction to that like my like I could feel the the chills um but that is that is crazy um there's there's a kind of a I mean not similar to to that degree um but in my family um my aunt um I don't really know what she believes, I've never spoken to her about it, I've only ever spoken to her son, my cousin, Uh, we're really close, um, but he tells me that she believes that her daughter is, in some way, not quite a reincarnation of her mother, um, my grandmother, but, but some, I don't know, um... I think my cousin has a birthmark that's very similar to... Sorry, I, this is kind of awkward, because I don't want to name names. I don't want to, like, name my family members. Right. Am, my aunt's daughter, who is my cousin, uh, the one that we're talking about, she has a birthmark, I think, that is similar to my grandmother. But one night when um when her daughter was, uh, like, in that half-awake, half-sleep state, um she kind of sat up and started talking to my aunt and she said, do you miss your, your mother? And my aunt said, yeah, every day. And then my cousin, her daughter said, I am your mother. And then she went back to sleep.
3: Okay. That's freaky.
2: That's fucking weird. But apparently, children are terrifying. Children are absolutely terrifying. I don't know how, I don't think like she, she was young at at that time, but not any younger than say 10. I don't think, um, Mm but either way I, there's a few other stories i might actually have to get my cousin on this podcast to talk about them but there's a few other stories that kind of i like i don't know what to do with stuff like that when i am when i am so skeptical like i i like you santiago i've had you on this podcast so many times and i've been on your podcast and stuff like i believe literally every single thing you say I've, i have like no problem with the validity of what you've said um, mm. It's just I don't know what to do with the information Like
1: Right, I, right, I, I understand
2: Yeah, I don't know how to file that in my head Is it like
3: is Yeah, well I mean, how are you supposed to file a ghost story? Well, but but it's that's Unexplainable Ghost stories I, I, that, like...
1: I think you just slip it under X If I'm not mistaken <laughs>
2: like ghost stories always there's always some rational explanation to a ghost story right like there, there's there are things like there, there are there's sleep paralysis there's night terrors there's even things like there's there's a an audio there's a frequency um of audio that you can play to humans you'll be interested in this as a musician This is something you can do at your next mm-hmm. gig where um you can it, it doesn't it's it's not like a human can't actually hear this sound, but they it does go into their head if you know what I mean. So it's not something that you hear immediately, but the body reacts to it in some way.
3: Um. Yeah. Uh, this is really really weird. Mm. But um, I think it's messed up. But apparently Hitler actually used that signal when he was making speeches to really? uh, yeah to affect people on an emotional level, which is really fucked up but yeah um, yeah, there is certain uh, wavelengths that actually it evokes a feeling of dread that's like the main
2: thing Um, but there there are like you know specific areas in the world that are earmarked as haunted places don't go here and pretty much anyone can go in there with a frequency detector or whatever record what what the decibel level of the audio is and they'll always come out and say yeah it's this sound it's classic quote haunted unquote type thing like that's how they rationalise it. So so like there's loads of ways you can rationalise stories about that. But but the the one thing that we didn't really react to at the time, uh Santiago, was the near death experience and how many mm. of those are well documented in in like our world and how many of them are unexplainable. There's one I've spoken about on my podcast of a girl who a woman she was getting brain surgery and they have proven beyond reasonable doubt that her brain could not be sending signals to her body at this or her brain was turned off in a in effect like it was completely dark there's no way she experienced consciousness during this time and um she went to a supposed afterlife and she met someone um she met god and she met a, a relative who said it wasn't her time Um, And and the really weird thing about her case, I can't remember her name, but I did talk about it before. Um, She described things that were on the highest shelf in the hospital room that she was in that she documented while her spirit was rising out of her body Mm -hmm. that she couldn't have known about. And she described them to the doctor and the doctor was like, oh, yeah, we got all that up here. So... um. Uh, like that's really weird. Just the whole near-death experience thing actually freaks me out to the nearly to the point of Christianity. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> nearly willing to go there because of that. But um, you
1: know what you should do? You should grab the the fear frequency and actually play it under this whole episode. Oh, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> just some nice infrasound for you.
2: I have a feeling that people experience enough dread whenever <coughs> they hear. <laughs> Whenever they hear me talk, that, that we don't need that frequency.
3: I mean, you could have the brown note playing instead.
1: That's <laughs> true. That's
3: true. Um, do you know what? For some reason, I just remembered the whole thing about sleep paralysis and all this, and like dreams. Dreams are so weird and unexplainable, you know, to an extent. And uh, it just it made me remember of this weird dream that I had, and my sister had the exact same dream the same night.
2: Whoa.
3: It, I still, it makes no sense to me. But, um, it's kind of a ghost story, but it's kind of not, but it kind of is. It ties into
2: what we're talking about.
3: Yeah, it's, it's like, um, okay, unfortunately, uh, when I was much younger, a guy on my road was knocked over. He was killed. He was hit by a bus and, uh, we knew him really well and he was a really good friend of ours and a family friend and, uh, like me and my sister were trying to make sense of it and we couldn't really and we were just in bits and I remember talking to her like you know the day before the funeral and um, we were just crying and you know just uh, just really sad and whatnot, you know and we were just talking about him and about how much he meant to us and all that and then we went to bed and uh, whatever nothing was said and you know woke up in the morning went to the funeral and all this and then it was horrible and it was a horrible week and then the following week um i don't know how it came up in conversation oh we were we were in um we were in my dad's car and we were driving down main street and then i i turned around and i said ah uh she mentioned the guy's name and I was like, oh my God, I had a dream that uh, I was driving down here. And and then she stopped me and she goes, no way. Yeah, and he was walking down the street and then um, you shouted that, oh my God, you're, uh, you're dead, but you're still here. And uh, then he came over and got into the car and we just drove off and chatted for ages. And then, but we knew that he was passed away in the dream and uh then he got out and just kind of said, "All right, okay, I'm gonna go now, goodbye or whatever and left. But my sister knew every detail of the dream that I had and mm. v- and vice versa. It was like she continued the story, and I continued the story, and it was like the weird i don't know Whoa. yeah, um it was weird, um
2: that's so fucked up
3: yeah you were
2: like what 12?
3: I was 14 and she 14, was 13 wow
2: yeah. yeah you're not really kind of past the age where you'd be making something like that the,
3: the same thing as well the night before the funeral um she had a mask card on the wall and the picture was like a printed out picture of the guy and it was really badly printed so it was kind of blurry mm. and kind of you know the quality of the his picture was really bad it was like you photocopied a black and white thing comes at you know yeah Mm. and um that picture was on the wall and if this was another thing um she screamed in the middle of the night and it woke me up and i ran in and she goes oh my god oh my god i just saw him and i was like what and i turned on the light as i ran in i turned on the light and we looked at the end of the bed and there was a it looked like somebody was sitting there. Like, or had been sitting there. Oh, like a mark? Like, yeah, a... Like, like an ass crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, no way. And I was kind of freaking out. And she goes, yeah, he he was sitting there. I, like, I swear to God, he was sitting there. And then I was like, well, I, uh, what? And then she goes, like, I couldn't, I didn't know what to say. And then she goes, but he didn't look like him. He looked like that. And she pointed out oh, the picture
2: shit.
3: and it scared the absolute shit out of me yeah. because the, the picture itself was like real blurry and weird and to see mm. it's very hard to explain but um
1: yeah <laughs> dude all
3: this stuff is just coming back to me now i haven't actually thought about any of these things in years but yeah uh, yeah no it was weird there definitely was a groove there and it and she was I've never heard a scream like that
2: I could step in and maybe attempt to rationalize that go for in it in that like maybe your dad or your mum was in there and sat down and was like oh yeah okay but she was like asleep so she didn't register it and maybe like they turned but the I was the
3: last on. person in there hmm yeah, yeah no. It was the, no it was the same night it was the night before the funeral oh fuck. and we were chatting and talking about oh, him yeah uh, Maybe I was sitting on the bed. I don't know. It's a possibility, but... I, th-
2: I think an- anything that involves... But she
3: pointed right there and said he was sitting right there.
2: Yeah, that is fucked up.
3: You know? By and the... she screamed. And this scream was like... Crazy. It woke me up. Yeah. You know? I don't
2: know. That is fucking weird, though. There's... I um, I have a story about uh this summer I spent at my cousin's house, my cousin Dara, uh, listeners will be familiar with him. Um, He's been on the podcast twice, most notably the time that we got stoned and tried to do a podcast. It was great. Um, So, I used to spend my summers at his house um, and basically live with him for like six weeks. And he one time he moved he moved into a new house around 2000 no uh yeah 2003 the year after the world cup and um a mirror fell off the wall one time and shattered and it woke the two of us up because it was uh, such a big house it hadn't been fully kind of decorated and filled with furniture at the time so this mirror yeah. shattering actually echoed around the entire house and um, we both heard it. He, he ran downstairs and then he came back up straight away. Um, Tara had ADHD as a kid, so he was just constantly on the go. There was basically no stopping him or slowing him down. Um, and he came up and I was like, dude, well, it was just a mirror. like what, what were we so worried about? And he was like, "Oh, in my family, if a picture falls off the wall, it's like a really bad sign that someone's gonna die. And I took this information and thought, H- who fucking has a thing like that in their family?" Like, who has that? Like, mm. i never heard of that before in my life. Um, but he, he said it. He made a point, because I was such a dickhead. I was like, no, Dara, that's not a thing. No one fucking has things like that. Like, that's no tradition in anyone's family. And um, he made a point to say to his dad at the breakfast table, and his dad would absolutely not lie about this kind of thing. He's a very serious man. And um, and he said... Well, no, he's... he's I mean, he's, he's a friendly guy. He makes lots of jokes, but he's also, like, would not... Lead you astray with with information like that, and he said, "Yeah, it's just a thing from his side of the family that if a picture falls, it it, it is a bad omen for whatever reason." So um, uh, we had like relatives coming to stay, and uh, myself and my cousin ended up we had to sleep in the his dad's office, which was also part of his house. This house is a mansion. It's it's there's, there's I think six bedrooms if you include. Uh, it's a tree story, it's huge anyway, we ended up having to sleep in the office room, and in the middle of the night, my cousin woke me up and said, look, look at this, and I I sat up, looked over it, the picture had fallen on him, and this happened about three days after this thing, so the picture was on top of his chest, and he was like, this, uh, like, this has just fallen on me, that's really bad, and I was like, ah, Jesus, don't be worrying, it's just a superstition, whatever, Um, and then that was probably about 3 or 4am, and then later that day. He was driving a car around a field. If anyone is familiar with rural Ireland, you basically learn how to drive when you're 13. And um, they had a lot of land, so he was driving the car around the field. Um, And I was eating KFC with my aunt and my uncle. And the car literally caught flames, and he did not notice. And he was driving around, and he sort of stopped to wave in as like a really cool, like, oh, I'll pull up to the window and wave. And uh, my uncle, like stood up like jolted out of position grabbed a fire extinguisher and ran out and and was shouting get out get out of the car get out of the car and then he uh, he he quenched the fire Um, my cousin had gone out of the car Uh, it after they um, put the fire out it was like seconds away from getting to the fuel lines so like he would have literally died that car would have exploded so like Hmm. that's that's pretty fucked up you know
1: um, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> it actually is not the same thing at all, but it reminds me of uh, we were taking a trip, um, across the province to uh, to the um, Agawa Canyon, which is this big, famous canyon. Uh, in I guess. Not northern Ontario, but it's north of where we are in Toronto, um, in the Sault Ste Marie area, and we were going because we were taking this train trip, and at one point my dad, we were driving on the on the highway, and my dad uh, was like, I, "I have to, I have to go to the bathroom. Um, like, if I don't go to the bathroom now, like, we, we got to go." So we we pulled over uh, to uh I guess a rest stop and it had uh like a coffee shop and um we got some donuts or whatever for the trip and um and we all went and we used the the, the lavatories and uh we leave and almost immediately after leaving uh the traffic comes to a complete stop um and we don't we literally don't move at all for over an hour, um, and then suddenly we start seeing cars coming the uh, the opposite direction for the first time in ages, uh, and we're very slowly moving up. Uh, so now we're probably two or three hours behind schedule that we've been stuck in this traffic, and we have no idea where it came from, uh, and we get to closer to the front to the point where the police are actually there, and they're telling people to turn around and that there's a detour that's been marked out. Uh, and to just follow the detour. Um, and we asked what happened. and uh, apparently a car had uh, tried to get in front of a um, of a truck that was driving down the the, the highway. Uh, and so it had pulled into the lane uh, of oncoming traffic, but uh, because it was behind a truck, they hadn't seen the other truck coming and one of the trucks was full of fuel oh man like god. they were transporting fuel and so it exploded and then the other truck exploded um and apparently uh from from what we heard you know a few days later when we were on our way back we stopped somewhere and we ha- we stopped because the uh the road the pavement in this area was all black still oh my god and we, we stopped at a at a different rest stop on the way back and we asked, you know, like what had uh, – what had happened afterwards. Uh, and the, the kind of story that we got from the people there was that they were picking up pieces of people oh. off of the ground with, with, with tweezers basically because um, it was just like this carnage. Um, and we had this moment of realization that if my dad hadn't had to use the bathroom, oh like we God. would – we would have been right at the epicenter of the explosion. um, Because, like, the timing was so exact uh, for for when it had happened, so. That's Mm -hmm.
2: fucked up. Holy shit. Yeah.
1: The moral of the story is always pull over to pee. Yeah. It might save your life.
2: Ah, man, I have another story like that, and I can't fucking remember what it is, but... Um, I, I think this might have even happened to me quite recently. I can't remember, but I know I had a moment recently that made me sort of, you know, come to terms in, in the immediate effect of uh, of my own mortality. Like something that made me like, whoa, literally mm. nearly died. Or like, you know, could I, not literally nearly died, potentially could have died, uh, need to like kind of, I don't know but you 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 feel almost like you need to change something about the way you're living I think Mm -hmm. when when you have that kind of feeling I don't I wish I could remember what my experience was but um it was something that like I had to think about it purely in abstract so that I could stop kind of putting blame on myself or kind of being like whoa I I need to stop putting putting myself in danger but like you're not putting yourself in danger when you're just living your life you know what I mean like it's I don't know I I think I think there was a time when I was supposed to go visit my mate Andy um I was supposed to go to Belgium and uh one of the guys that I was supposed to go with uh pulled out because he was afraid of ISIS and I was like why are you such a little bitch like just fucking go on holiday like it and anyway uh ISIS did attack that airport but it was some months after or some weeks after I think it was like three weeks Mm -hmm. after but Still, like, something like that makes you think, like, "Geez, that could have been me. Um I don't know. Those those stories that make you go, that could have been me, like, those always make you think a little bit harder about your life. And I don't really... I don't really have an answer, like, you know. No. Yeah. But, yeah. That's insane. Do you, uh... Do you even know a story, Steve? Um... Or do you want to tell your last one, Santiago? Well, the one that you sort of said to us earlier.
1: Oh, the um. Well, because we, we were trying to decide whether or not we were going to focus on personal stories or stories that were kind of like around on the on the internet. Yeah. And and I mentioned to you this um. It's not it's not quite creepy pasta, but it it is this online. Uh, meta textual uh, narrative that exists uh, and it's called the Dianea house uh, Dianea coming from the, um, the Venus flytrap kind of ah, okay. uh, so that's like a Dianea plant is like a carnivorous plant okay oh. uh, So this was a it was really huge. And I think around 2004, uh, or that's when the, at least the, the first website that I encountered, um, where it was situated, when it was situated rather. And it's, it was one of those things where you would come across it semi organically or somebody would link you to a part of it and just be like, have you seen this? Do you know, do you know what this is about or anything? Um, and so I have the, the first page pulled up and it's, um, dianea-house.com and uh, it's this white, almost legal looking page uh, and it says the the dianea house correspondence from Mark Condry uh, 10 7 2004 and it says Jennifer, friends and family of Mark, as promised here are copies of the correspondences I received from Mark over the course of the last month For the most part, I have merely copied and pasted them from my email application. As you will read, he requested this in hopes that you'd better understand why he did what he did. I made this site because it's the most efficient way to share Mark's emails with you. Uh, I'm not advertising this to anyone, but I do think it would be wise to pass the URL along to anyone who may be able to help with the investigation. As I collect more information from various sources, I'll update this site, and it has a link to another site, uh, to keep this account, uh, to keep it an accurate record, rather. I'll have that link at the end of this series as well. If you need to speak with me, Jen has my number. Thank you for your patience, and again, I'm profoundly sorry. Eric uh, and so if you click on that link to another website, it leads you to another website that has its own series of links to other websites with more and more information. And as you click through the correspondence, um, which were email correspondence back and forth, you start kind of um, unraveling this narrative. But it's it's really uh, – there is a sense of voyeurism about it where you're kind of reading you're – you're sifting through other people's personal – stuff uh and it becomes actually really personal because it's clear that something happened that was uh being investigated uh one of the i think the person who sets up this website is actually a private investigator uh and so you start working your way through this and trying to figure out what happened and it leads you to like blog posts on uh Websites that are—do you remember those old blogging websites where where people would just write about their their daily lives and yeah. and stupid things that happen to them? Yeah. And so it'll link you to one that starts off like a normal—I I don't know—like teenage girl babysitter's account of like just her boring life, uh, and then slowly it'll be about you know visiting this one house and this is what happened there, and it starts to get weirder and weirder and weirder, and then it'll provide links to other websites, and so. It's this kind of never-ending, um, loop of you're constantly digging through all of this material in a, in a very, like, investigatory way, uh, unraveling the, the kind of narrative of, of what's happening, um, and it doesn't really have an ending, which is the most frustrating part about it, um, And then you, but part of you is always wondering if you missed, you know, one additional link that would have taken you somewhere else, or if if you missed uh, one possible tangent that you could have gone down and how deep the rabbit hole goes. And I actually don't know if it's been updated since I read it, because I probably read it in 2009, I want to say. So I don't know how much further down the rabbit hole has gone since then, because uh, it might have been updated with more information. but it is absolutely one of the coolest experiences i've ever had using the internet and i recommend that everybody especially now in october goes and checks it out because it's mind-bendingly awesome
3: wow
2: it's, it sounds fucking creepy as hell so, it's it
3: seems, oh yeah it's super weird though as well
2: yeah there's something about like unsolved internet problems that are terrifying
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I don't I don't know I don't know what it is but just
3: Is it is it true the the
2: Yeah, are any of the details verifiable or anything?
1: Well, here's the thing is that it'll have links as evidence and they link to sites that at least appear to be genuine. The,
3: the, yeah,
1: yeah. Or were genuine at the time that it was made. So it's like really 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 meticulously constructed. Somebody yeah, spent a cool. lot of time on it. That's pretty cool. That's and some of them actually use websites that were actual sites at the time. Wow.
2: Yeah, it sounds like a viral marketing campaign for a Dan Brown book
3: or something. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it sounds like a really good plot for a movie. Yeah.
1: But but without the movie or the plot or the book. To, yeah it's, art, of like, it's, art, the it's literally <laughs> it's just a website <laughs> that's the that's the crazy thing it's not part of a viral marketing campaign in fact i think this might be one of the things that uh kind of kicked off viral marketing campaigns and how they work on the internet yeah, um well, because this was one of the first kind of meta narratives going. online um
2: there was another thing wasn't there lonely girl 15 does that ring a bell to you
1: that rings a bell. I don't know what it's about, but it, that it, rings a bell.
2: It was, like, some fucking weird thing where it was, like, this this girl, she was supposed to be 15, and she was, like, she. it was a YouTube channel, and she would post stuff, like, oh, they're, they've they held me captive here, I can only say this much, and stuff like that. Um, It turned out to be a, a viral marketing campaign, basically, for her YouTube channel, To to the best of my knowledge, mm. but... It spawned a terrible Law & Order episode, so, you know, it's got that going for it, so that's good. (laughs) Um,
3: It's
2: just it.
1: No, go on. Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, you go. Oh, thank you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. (laughs)
1: Um, No, I was going to say, just on the topic of, like, uh great kind of narratives and, and stories to jump into at this point. The other one that I was going to suggest was uh, there's a really awesome podcast uh, called The Black Tapes. Um,
3: oh, I've heard of that. Actually, it's really, really good. Yeah.
1: It's phenomenal. It's They do such a good job. So it's... um You know, remember a while ago when Serial came out and kind of blew up uh, yeah. the podcasting world? Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of like a documentary... Uh, podcast um, and so after that what fiction podcast writers started kind of investing their time into was this idea of docudramas um, so they're presented very much like serial uh, or something from NPR uh, or you know something, something of that ilk um, and they're presented as real stories uh, and the characters are presented as real people who are experiencing these things and so some of them are about you know there, there's actually one by the same group uh, that's about um, kind of like this area in the woods that has these like weird properties uh, and you go into it and uh, there's all sorts of weird shit that happens in there and he's kind of investigating the history behind this myth of this place existing and they they sort of end up trying to to figure out whether or not it's in the in the Pacific Northwest um, so that that's another one that they do called Tanis um, and actually one of the characters, is It's almost like they have, like, an expanded universe uh, because uh, the the character who's the head of that podcast is the producer of uh, the Black Tapes, and he appears in the Black Tapes. Um, oh, that's the so cool. Show.
3: That's awesome.
1: And they talk about his other podcast also. So they have this, like, I guess, like, fictitious world going where yeah. they're all investigating this weird shit. Wow. And uh, Black Tapes kind of covers... Um, Uh, Alex Regan is the host, and she is uh, working for Pacific Northwest Stories. And their whole thing is that they uh, do kind of like stories about people. She wants to do this series about uh, people with interesting jobs. Um, And so her first episode is the first episode of the Black Tapes podcast is about uh, paranormal investigators. And so she meets with different paranormal investigators and has these, like, experiences and stuff. But then the last person that she wants to talk to is this guy who's really famous in the field, uh, Dr. Richard Strand. Uh, and he's famous for being really, um, like, a huge skeptic. Like, he's a paranormal investigator who doesn't believe in the paranormal. Like, he's out there to disprove it uh, yeah. and, to, and to demonstrate, like, the science behind it and the rationale behind it. Sounds like a uh, kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, it's well, no, some of the stuff you were saying was, but that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I think you would really enjoy it. Um, so the thing is that uh, she goes to visit him eventually, and they have this conversation. And he has this collection of white uh, cassette tape boxes. Um, some of them have USBs in them or like other evidence or whatever. And these are all cases that he's been able to disprove and there's like hundreds of them or whatever, because he runs this Institute where he's offering a $1 million reward to anybody who can prove the paranormal. Of course, this whole shtick is that like, uh, you know, it's impossible because it doesn't exist. And so he's never going to give out the million dollars basically, because he'll always be able to disprove it. Um, but then she notices that he has these other tapes, these black tapes And she asks what they are and basically says that these are the tapes that he hasn't been able to disprove yet because he doesn't have the technology or the means uh, or the resources to disprove them at this time. And that's when the series takes a whole... That's the first episode. This whole series takes like a whole left turn and it ends up becoming just about investigating Dr. Richard Strand and these black tapes. Uh, And it's absolutely bonkers. (sighs) The the effort and work and research that these people have put into generating this story because the amount of research required to, to put together the story that they have is absolutely insane. Uh, there's there's three seasons. Uh, they're on the, the third and final season right now, and they're on the fifth. They just released the fifth episode. of The season is only six episodes long. Um, so it's all about to come to a finale, so this is like the perfect time to, to catch up on it.
2: God, that sounds amazing. Wow! Awesome.
1: It's like super high production value. Like yeah. I, I can't, I can't go on about it enough. It's really good.
2: That's. I really want to. Um. I I want to write, like a scary story, and I have the idea for it in my head, but I just don't know how to write a story. Like I, you know, I, I've never been trained in, the whole beginning, middle, and end part, so I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But I have a great idea. And if I were to actually go through with it, that is how I would do it. It would be on, it would be in podcast format and it would be like completely serious. Like, you know.
1: Yeah. I would listen to some of them because like the way that they're constructed is so unique. Um, and the kind of storytelling I think is something that hasn't really been, it's like not quite a radio drama, but it has elements of the radio drama in it. Yeah. It's really
2: cool. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Um, on top of that people could also check out uh, reddit.com slash or slash sleep if you're looking for something more immediate with like oh, less oh yeah it's, it's not like the best but there is some cool stuff on there mm-hmm. there's no denying it but um,
3: other than that I think, I think there's if, if you're looking for true ghost stories there's a great podcast it's called Jim Harrell's Campfire which is really mm. good people just ring in and tell their tell stories that have happened to them and uh, yeah it's actually really really good
2: and if if anyone's looking for information on aliens Tom DeLonge was just on the Joe (laughs) Rogan podcast
1: (laughs) oh yeah I saw that yeah (laughs) oh Oh,
2: man yeah so uh... (laughs) 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 check that out Um, but uh, yeah I think are are we done are we done
1: I think so yeah, yeah does uh, anybody else have a story to add
2: uh I think i I really, really love the um the different range of stories that we touched on here and and I really love the raw element and how this pretty much like we were just shooting from the hip with like stories that we recalled and didn't actually plan on talking about like mm-hmm. this this was a really good Halloween spooktacular, am I right?
1: I, th- I think so. Spooktacular?
2: Yeah, it's a play on words. You take the word spectacular and then you take the word spooky. You ho- mesh ho- hold it.
3: on, hold on, hold on. Start again. Start again. I don't understand. Okay. No, I'm joking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I say while I'm literally doing a Rubik's Cube as I talk. He's actually got a Rubik's Cube in his hand right <laughs> yeah. now, believe yeah. it or not. Oh, yeah. well, I
1: forgot that you're in the same room. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> God, <laughs> that was we the should've... scariest of all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
2: oh my god, um, Santiago! Thank you so much for your time. Um, oh, it's it's been absolutely awesome, and uh, I will be appearing on your podcast soon. I understand well, whenever uh, we can sort out a time. I think. Am I, Absolutely. Have I just invited myself on, or have we?
1: <laughs> no, no, we we spoke about uh, having you on sometime soon.
2: Yeah, I was sure we did, and and I want to have uh, yourself and Justine back too uh, for an episode um, that we have actually planned to do, but we won't spoil it now.
3: But um... um, yeah, dude, that was awesome. Um, just some of those stories you told were incredible. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I'm like really gonna
3: be. Thinking about that, oh, like it's that afterlife action shit, like that's what gives me.